Radio and Information Line brought to you by Zeno Media. 518-906-1820. That's 518-906-1820. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, good afternoon, everyone. This is Belinda. I'm going to be your host for the Apple presentation this afternoon, and I want to introduce uh, Matt Walbrook. Uh, he's been doing this every week for us, and we really appreciate it. And I'm sure he and his team have a lot of good information for us again today. So, Matt, uh, welcome, and the stage is all yours. All right, awesome. Well, welcome, everybody. Thanks so much, Belinda. We appreciate the introduction. And uh, hi to Jason, everybody. Uh, very glad to be here today once again. I am joined by uh, two of the other members of our TTJ instructor team, Cliff and Rita. How you guys doing today? Good. 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 Perfect. Um, well, we got a, a lot to talk about today. Cliff, did you did you get up at uh, what was it seven central this morning? I'm he taking bets. He was. I think he said he was going to get up at five to make his <laughs> order. <laughs> yeah, he must still be in the process of unmuting. But uh, that's all right. Um, and and Rita, uh, now you, can you hear me? Now, now, but um, we did our podcast at two o'clock. I really never went to sleep. Just stayed and watched some Star Trek and did some paperwork. And yeah, I was I was up. At, I was already up at seven. So, oh my okay. goodness! <laughs> well, I didn't order till about ten Eastern, and um, got everything I wanted ordered. Um, but one of the items, which we'll tell the folks about here in a little bit, uh, I'm going to be waiting till the end of June to receive it. So, um. It was it was interesting. Would, would you like um, to know what I put on my list? Because I was going back and forth with it last night. Remember? <laughs> yes, I, that's true. I would like to know. <laughs> well, you know, I got. They're the talking for... about Christmas in. Uh, let's see. This is uh, April. <laughs> April. <laughs> Go ahead. I went with the Mac, of course, because um, I got teach whatever might be the month with the Mac or whatever the case may be. But you will be surprised. I actually went with the 12.9512 iPad Pro. Is that right? That is something. Well, that's uh, that's awesome. And I, I actually did that, too. And, of course, what we're talking about, folks, is some of the new products that Apple announced. And that's going to be the topic of our presentation today. Apple held its spring-loaded event just, what, two weeks ago now. And uh, basically... Uh, it was just jam-packed full of new product announcements. Uh, we commented last night again, as we did before, that um, the, uh, the most impressive thing about what Apple did was the degree to which they were able to keep everything a secret. It was truly uh, impressive to us how many things were announced that we didn't realize were going to be announced because the rumor mills were just flooded with rumors about what might be announced. And there were a lot of things that they said, well, yeah, this has been in the works for a while, but we don't know if it's coming today and probably not. But as it turns out, it did. There were several major things announced. So what we want to do today 
we want to take a few moments to talk about what was announced. And then we want to take your questions about it. Maybe you haven't ordered yet and you're still thinking uh, about what you want to order. And so uh, let's uh, let's get right into it with what was uh, what was announced. And the first thing I will mention before we get into the hardware announcements is that Apple did release and now it's already been released uh, iOS 14.5, which was, although incremental, still a major update uh, to iOS bringing new features like the ability to unlock your iPhone using your Apple Watch if you're wearing a face mask, the new ad tracking transparency feature that allows you to decide whether you want to allow apps to to let third-party companies uh, track you for ad purposes, uh, to features like being able to share lyrics directly from the music app, new Siri voices, and a whole lot more. And so those and many other features uh, were brought to iOS 14.5, Beta testers are now on the first or actually even second beta, if you're a developer, of 14.6. So we're moving right along. But 14.5 is public. It's a very, very solid release. And it's available for iOS, iPadOS, uh, tvOS, and then, and uh, I guess the HomePod as well. Then your watchOS version is 7.4, and your macOS Big Sur version is now 11.3. Uh, Cliff or Rita, any comments about, I mean, Cliff, I know you, for you and me both, we always say it just kind of all runs together. We've been running 14.5 since what, February, uh, maybe even January. I don't remember. Uh, but it's been a while because I remember going to, uh, doing, doing some shopping around or before president's day and using the Apple watch unlock feature. So, um, any comments from you guys about iOS 14.5? Well, you know, every time there's a release, you know, the listservs, you know, kind of blow up with, what's this all about? What is this? I can't get this. Or, or you know, this I was really good. You know, there's, there's a lot of talk. And Apple Viz puts out um, podcasts almost immediately because uh, they beta test also. And um, so there's some several good podcasts out about like the podcast app has had a major revision and using Siri voices has and unlocking your phone with a face mask on with your watch, you know, that kinds of things. There are several podcasts out on Apple Viz. Um, I have been thrilled with the Siri voice. Um, there's several, uh, there's four voices that you could pick from. And there's one, it's number three in the list. It's numbered. They have, uh, when you open Siri on your phone in settings and you swipe down to Siri and you go to your English, you know, or whatever, whatever language, you know, and then there's one, two, three, four. And number three is uh, a male and he's got a real, um, not clipped, but very precise, uh, uh, kind of like uh, voice. It's it's almost got like a little attitude with it. Like that's <laughs> what I was just gonna say because that's really- exactly the one that I use as well. And he does. He's got a little bit of sass to him. He does. You know, it's like you know, you'll say, you know, what's the weather, and he'll say, what it, it, it's forty two degrees. You know, like that. <laughs> like that. <laughs> And I really like it. Uh, I do too. I, I think too. the politically correct thing is he got some soul. He does. <laughs> <laughs> and 
in as Cliff says this all the time, but anytime there's an update, and I strongly recommend that you update. There are people who still hold back. They don't want to update because they're afraid something will break and you know, then they won't they won't be able to use it. And you know, there's fear of updating. Please do not hold back update because there's so many fixes and there's some important security updates uh, that come along when they push out these updates so please update do not hesitate to update and uh, when after you update it's a really good idea to sit down and open the settings and go through the settings because there's changes. There's things that nobody knows about sometimes, hidden things. And you can find out all kinds of new features that have been added in settings. Of course, you can also read the news. Um, you know, there's all kinds of articles, both commercial USA Today and so forth, um, you know, that have, you know, reviewing the new update. But um that's those are my comments. <laughs> I would go a little on to another note. I like I like all the updates. Are uh, I mean I've been using them for months now, so I mean I can't really touch on one or the other. But the one thing I will point out is people said that Apple was going to get a lot of pushback and a lot of flack because of this new privacy thing about being able to turn off stop tracker this that and the other. Well, Tim Cook and others have raved about the public's positive attitude towards it based on the fact that they can turn certain things off and, you know, whatever you take the good with the bad. And I think we talked about it about three or four months ago in one of our help sessions, Matt, when a person was saying, well, I don't like being tracked. I can turn this off, but I want to use GPS. Well, you can't have this and not that. You got to either take it all or none. So I think it's a good thing for people to be able to select what apps take or, you know, track them per se and collect data. Um, Facebook is the big one that had an attitude about this because they thought it was going to really drive their numbers down, I guess, with their revenue or whatever they get. Personally, I really don't care because I think people like having choices. Well, that's what it is about, Cliff, for me. I mean, I, I, I agree 100%. I, you know, I'll be honest with you. A lot of the apps that I have gotten that prompt so far um, have been apps that I, I very much trust, you know, AT&T TV, for example, you know, I mean, people will say what they want about big companies like AT&T, but I have nothing but positive to say about them. I trust them. So I allowed the ad tracking, you know, uh, depending on what app I install, I may or may not do that. But the point is that we now have that option. You know, you're given that you're presented with the facts and given the opportunity to make an informed decision, which is, you know, it's very disconcerting to me that Facebook doesn't want the user base to, to be able to do that. Uh, I think it's a brilliant thing that Apple has done. And I, I think it's uh, at this stage of the game, a necessary thing, really. Uh, and then you can decide for yourself. So that's a little bit about uh, uh, the 14.5 updates and, and the, the corresponding updates that go with it. Um, um, not to interrupt you, but just to based on the fact that, you know, everybody knows what's out by now and what they do. I mean, I guess we can give a quick rundown, but I mean, maybe it'd be good to take some questions on maybe that people might have on 14 point albums. I keep on wanting to say 14.6 because that's what I have. Well, that's what we're running now. <laughs> yeah. Um, on 14.5 and you know what, the, you know, maybe the hardware, maybe they got questions on that or so. 
Yeah, you know, I think that's a good idea. Um, why don't we Why don't we pause and and go ahead and see if anybody's got questions about any of the iOS fourteen point five features specifically? Um, then we will do a quick overview of the products. As Cliff said, probably most of you have a at least a general idea of what was announced. We will do a quick overview of it, and then we'll take some more questions. Uh, so, Belinda, maybe we could go ahead and take a round of them. All if right. you have questions specifically about iOS 14.5, let's go ahead and ask them now. Okay. Okay, Kathy. Uh, Kathy Lyon, you can go ahead. I'm here. Hi, everybody. Uh, I have a question about the changes to the Bluetooth keyboard. They're allowing you to use the command, the control, the option, or the control option, and then the caps lock. Now, is this... You can designate different actions for each key, or how does this work? Hi there. Yes. So uh, that actually, I, I'm not aware of any changes in 14.5 from what's already. I was been about there. to say that. Uh, are you talking about the modifier key for voiceover? Yes. Oh, that's actually been there since 14.0. And and what that is, is <laughs> yeah, it's, okay. it's allowing you to choose whether. So if you if you use your Bluetooth keyboard or your smart keyboard or mm -hmm. magic keyboard, whatever iteration um, for navigation with voiceover, then most of the voiceover commands have the voiceover keys as they're known with them, which yes. is essentially your modifier keys. And they can either be control and option together or just the caps lock key. Exactly. So, um, yeah, you have a choice in, in which one you use. Yeah, but I never saw it say command before or just option before. So I tried I tried some things and I, I really messed it up. I had to get it back to the default. So I'm I'm okay now. But I usually use my hand, but I like to if I'm gonna type a big email, I do it, you know, with the Bluetooth keyboard. Yeah, I'm not sure about the command and, and, and how that feeds into that because there, I mean, that's, that's been, maybe there's something I'm not aware of, but that's been used in combination with other keys for iOS navigation. Well, like you know, we always talk about how there's command voiceover commands and there's yeah. iOS, iOS commands. That's right. That's and right. with the iOS commands, you actually have to add the command key. So for instance, if I don't have my quick or my single key navigation on or yeah. I'm not using the rotor, I have to do voiceover command plus the letter H to jump That's to right. heading That's plus right. the letter B in, you know, in junction with the command key. So that's, I think that's what we're, we're okay. at that. All right. I'm, I'm okay now. Um, I just thought, well, I'm just, I, I had never seen it before. I had always just had either the, control option key or the caps lock, which is what I use because I have a Logitech and my control and option are at either side of the, you know, like there's control and then there's two keys and then there's the option. It's hard to do that. So the caps lock works better for me. Anyway, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Okay, Cheryl, you can go ahead. Okay. Try again, Cheryl. Okay, sorry about that. I thought I um, thank you all of you for doing what you do as always. Um, I noticed that there's still the difficulty, the, the challenge with the drafts that come up at the bottom of the email. 
Do you, are they, I know that I'm sure they're still working on it, but do you see anything happening in the foreseeable future now that you have six? I thought that was six, actually. <laughs> I thought that was 14.5. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's still on mine, and I've got 14.5. Because f- I got my wife's phone right here in my hand, and <laughs> I do not see the drafts in 14.5 uh, here. Okay. Have you, have you tried restarting your device? Because sometimes what yeah. I do after... I, after a big update is I'll kill all the apps in my app switcher and then restart my device and everything and calibrate. Okay. I'll try that. I do. I haven't done it since the new update. So I'll try that. But yeah, I mean, it just collects them down there and it's not even, they're not even real drafts. They're just making copies of whatever I sent. So okay, well, the way, what, what the, the, when that happened in the previous version, it happened because you maybe inadvertently were trying to send something and then, never did and it, it wouldn't delete the draft and and the you know the solution was that then was just to send it to yourself uh and it would get rid of the draft um so they wouldn't what collect I, down what, there. but well what i noticed is that when i put in to somebody it's saying to attachment so there's i don't know why that yeah, that just indicates that that just indicates that there's something mm-hmm. in that field when you pick like a contact like from a, pre- oh. a, a search result or something that's oh, okay. what that means all right um, oh, okay. I, I really right. think that that is fixed in 14.5. At least I haven't. Okay. Uh, right. It hasn't even been a, a blip on my radar for a long time, but huh. if it, you okay. know, if it isn't, that's the, that's the workaround for it. All right. Yeah, I'll do that then. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. All right. Any other questions for now? Okay. We've got someone, uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, Vasant. Yeah, you got it perfect. Um, (laughs) So my question is, I have for work, I have an iPhone 6. And for my personal phone, I have a 7. They both did the last update. Are they still going to be able to accept 14.5? So anything that can accept 14 will accept 14.5. 14 starts, I think, with the 6S and up. And uh, so, yeah, if it's running 14.0 or 0.4 or, point, you know, any of those, it will run 14.5. Um, you know, having said that, I think they're at the at kind of probably approaching the end of what uh, they're going to be able to, you know, the 6S was released in the fall of 20. 14 or 15 i can't remember now um which one it is and so they are you know as technology goes they're pretty old devices at this time and the the seven was obviously only one year newer than that um you know so i think it's kind of getting close to you know where it would it would make sense from a practical standpoint to to start thinking about what you want to do going forward okay thanks all right, thank you. Okay, we have uh, someone with the area code of 310. Oh, hello. My name yes, is hi. And I do have iPhone 6 Plus S, and it's upgraded to 4.5, and it's prompting me to do all minor things like to. Make sure my ID, Apple ID number is secure, and every time it's prompting me. And I 
didn't look for it until yesterday when I realized it had already uploaded to my phone. Because normally it would tell me I have to plug my phone in to do it. But I wanted to know, is it going to run normally on the phone? I do plan to get the next phone. I did, however, had I iPhone 12 Max Pro, and I played with it for a while, and I sent it back because I decided to wait and get the next one because of the bigger battery, and that's going to be an even bigger upgrade. So I thought I might as well just wait for that one. But so I can just use this one to learn what I can learn going forward. But it's prompting me to do a lot of stuff on this phone, and I don't necessarily want to send what's on this phone to the new phone. Because well, I have like 13 pages of apps and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think it matters. I mean, the thing is that, that some of that stuff that it's asking you is probably related more to the Apple ID than to the phone itself. You know, so you can go ahead and do those kinds of things. They'll carry over. And if you don't want to actually have, you know, 13 pages of apps or what have you on the new phone, you can set it up as new and you'll still be able to have your contacts, calendars, anything that's stored in iCloud, you know, and that includes documents, photos, music, in, in, as long as everything is enabled for iCloud, as long as you have all that turned on, all that stuff will carry over. So, uh, you know, that would be my suggestion is just to make sure you're using iCloud everywhere that you can. And then when you get your new phone, set it up as new. I mean, I've hey, done. I just wanted to it. interject. Um, okay. There, there are no confirmed aspects of the iPhone 13. So I don't know what information you got about a bigger battery of this, that, and the other. But right now, the yeah. Pro Max, which is the phone that you sent back, is the best there is right now. Right. That is the very latest and greatest. I and there's saw it on the television. I saw it on um, the Apple website. And when I talked to the guy at Apple. The only new phone that this came out is a, is another color of the iPad, of the i the 12 and the the 12 mini, which is the purple, but right. nothing for the 13 that's supposed to, that usually comes out in the fall has been confirmed or denied about anything. Right. There's that no details. That won't even be announced till probably September or October. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay. Um, Deborah, you can unmute. Okay. Thank you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Two things. We're getting a lot of background noise. Um, well, I guess everybody else is difficult to hear your questions and answers. But I have a question about with the um, with this new update and the new software. I'm kind of confused as to where you go because I know it's possible to recognize your face with a mask on. And since I work in a hospital, that would be kind of useful for me. But I could not figure out where to go to find. Well, it's coupled with your Apple Watch. So if you have a mask, if you're wearing a mask and you have an Apple Watch, it will unlock your phone with your watch. If you don't have a watch, then it's not going to work. I do have a watch. Uh, it's an older watch. It's not a, a my phone's the newest phone, but my watch is a three. I, it should. But it did update the other day. So when I go to the Apple settings on the watch or on the phone. No, it, it, it's under it's on your phone. It's under settings and then it's under face ID and passcode. And it will uh, it will be under there. And I think it just says something about unlock with Apple Watch. 
Uh, but it, it is it, it is under settings and then face ID and passcode. I don't even think you have to set it up, though, because I just did it I mean, again. I've been running it for like three months, so maybe I did. But I thought you just went. <laughs> You're not sure what you unlock, did, right? Yeah, I, I think you just unlock attempt to unlock your phone with a mask on and it just prompts you to use your watch or if your watch is already on your wrist, it already it just unlocks it. I, I mean, I really don't know. Matt, have you tried it? Not that way. Well, I was like you. I did it a long time ago when I first did that, and I, you know, I was thinking there was something to that you had to turn that on. But then, you know, again, it may, um, it it may prompt you. But that's where the setting is anyway. You, um, you have to have your watch has to be on. And so, like, if you you're you know you're in a public situation and you got your mask on, your watch has to be open. So, um, so you may have to set set it so your watch you know uh, stays open, you know, or whatever. It's on all the time. You know what I mean? There's a there's a way to make the watch on all the time or not on all the time. Um, and so anyway, so it's on all the time because I can always get the. Yeah, um, as long as your watch is on your wrist, yeah, I, it's, it's on, always I on. I use so. my phone all the time to unlock it when I put it on. Right, right. So it has to be, it it, it does work. I tried it. You, your, your watch has to be kind of close to your phone. I mean, that's what I discovered uh, yeah. when I was experimenting with it. But it, it does, if you, all day long, if you're in a, a setting where you you know, you need that. It does. It is useful. You just got to get used to doing it. And I'll mention to you what I mentioned to the a couple, um, I guess, callers ago. Um, sometimes when you do an update after it's installed and after it's restarted, it's good to recalibrate, which what I mean by that is just restart the phone and let everything settle in. Because sometimes with a big update like that, every it takes a while for everything to populate and, and settle in. So, yeah, yeah, I get that. Um and I spoke to you guys a couple of weeks ago about um, the problem that I was having with my headset or, you know, my AirPods or my Beats. I would be synced. Uh, I was running it with, with the phone and then it would switch to my watch. And I went in and uh, and tried. I don't know. It's still doing it. I don't know what. But and I read somewhere the 12 point. Hush, my watch is talking to me now. Um it still does that for me too. It, yeah, uh, I don't know connects. if I missed a setting or or what. I I haven't discovered it either. I've been looking for that because um, we, if you you've got your beats connected to your phone, say for example, and then say you put your watch up to your head to hear it in a quiet situation or whatever, right. and then all at once the beats connect to the watch, and it's like. <laughs> so infuriating yeah <laughs> it's, just, it's either the beach and it's the apple airpods it doesn't matter you know yeah it's it's so infuriating there's a there's a there's a setting like a connect to other di- well, but i don't i haven't found it either <laughs> sorry i don't know matt and cliff you got any suggestions i'm glad that i'm not the only one having this problem because of the, you know I I thought that I don't remember now. I mean, I haven't seen the problem in a long time, but I thought that Cliff had pointed out a setting, but I just can't remember what he said now. It's jumping because I tried it, but it didn't work. So and I thought, what did I do wrong? You know, yeah, there's like an auto connect to number one. the, The device has to be connected at the time. So you have to be wearing it and you'll go into Bluetooth. You'll have to swipe up on more for that particular device 
And there's a setting in there that says automatically switch, or I don't know what the verbiage is. I can't remember, but it, you'll recognize it. It'll say, right now. it'll say automatically switch and you'll turn that off or automatically connect to nearest device or something like that. I can't remember what it is. I have had to do it on mine and my wife's because we share an Apple ID. And that's the one thing that both that drove us both up the wall until we found that setting. All right. So Cliff, you're saying go and have the headset on either, um, my beats or the or the airpods and and i should be connected go into settings yep bluetooth it's already switched before i could even get to that point that's crazy now it's switched back it's crazy all right and matt isn't there a setting on the watch where you can do that also so you can tell it not to switch to your watch see i'm i don't know if there is on the watch or not i was thinking control center maybe maybe um, I'm going to Bluetooth. Right. And once you go into Bluetooth, you want to go to that device and swipe up to more, double tap on more. And there should be a setting in there that says automatically switch the closest device. Or so I can't remember what it is because I don't go there very often. So I need to should. go down to my, I've got on my beats right now. So I go down to beats. Yep. And then swipe up on it and hit double tap on more. On beats and swipe up. Yep. Until it says more and double tap on that. More info. Yep more info okay and there and should be a magnetic earbud detection on it says attached to wait when i'm okay that's automatically answer call on i don't see it uh, i think you passed it already okay automatically answer calls on but that would be with my with the beats it's this is continued to whatever device you have connected right now okay it says main beats flex Magnetic earbud detection on automatically automatically detect audio rates to big flags when you're switching ears or something. That's what it is. That's you want that off because what that what it's doing is when you which when you are like, say you're on your phone, but your iPad okay. is closer. The, uh, what it, it just did, it, it turned off the Bluetooth and I've got the earbuds in my about the earbuds, this um, beats in my ear, but. It's no longer going to my ears. And what I did in that instance, when I turned that off, I would take the beats out. And now what you'll have to do is you'll have to go to control center and tell it what device you wanted to connect to. So you'll pick audio. What is it, Matt? Audio um, destination. Uh, yeah, what, play, playback destination. Playback I destination. It is, that's right. it. Right. And then you can pick the beat once they're in. Yep, that's right. So I'll go out of that and go into the control center. Well, technically, you don't have to go out of it. You'll just go to the control center and swipe up with three fingers and go yeah. back to play that playback destination and you'll be able to select that that um bluetooth um source okay we'll see how it goes but that's that's the only workaround that i found yeah it does turn it off when you're have when you have it in your ears but if you go to playback destination you'll be able to pick it every time that will eliminate it switching to your watch or any other device that's connected to your apple id i'll let you guys know next time i'm on here with you all right thank you Thank you. Okay. Do you guys want more hands or you want to go on to something else? Um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, I think let's do a little bit more with the, a uh, little bit of a rundown of what hardware announcements were made. And then we will go and definitely take some more questions. And if there are more iOS questions or, or anything, we can also take those at the same time. You know, I could just go pull the audio from last night and just play it, but it's 45 minutes long. So I guess we'll just put it <laughs> a quick review. Yeah, that, that would uh, probably we'd be running up against the uh, the ending time there.
Um, but yes, we did. Um, you know, we did cover all of that. It's going to be on our podcasts. And basically, to sum up, uh, there were several major products announced, including really an entirely new product category, which is the AirTag. Um, so the AirTag was available to order since last Friday and is an item tracker, much like what you might think of uh, as, uh, you know, a tile or, or there's a lot of other competitors out there, I guess. But the, um, the AirTag is somewhat unique in several ways. Uh, I think uh, really has a, a leg up over its competition in several ways. Uh, one being that it is um, customizable with text and emoji, so you can engrave the air tag, have it you know become more personal to you. Uh, but two very important ways from a technology standpoint that the air tag I think really does uh, outperform its competition. Uh, one being precision tracking. All right, now for this to work, you must have at least an iPhone 11, an iPhone 11 or newer. So of course, obviously, any of the 12s. Uh, as well. But uh, you've got to at least have an 11. And if you do, that phone contains what's known as a U1 chip. It's an ultra wideband chip, and it enables precision locating. So now if you buy an AirTag, yes, it's still going to beep. You know, you can play a sound on it from afar. You can locate it on a map, all these usual things that you'd expect to do. But now you also can be led right to it from your phone. Your phone can tell you, hey, it's, uh, you know, 30 steps ahead, 30 feet, turn left, you know, turn right in 10 feet. It'll tell you there you are. You know, you've reached where the device is. And I'm told that this works with voiceover as well. Uh, I've heard from multiple sources that voiceover will also do this. So that's I heard way. somebody on YouTube demonstrated. Don't ask me who it was. I just happened to stumble upon it based on my channel, you know, because I got 9 to 5 Mac, Apple Insider. You know, I got a lot of things that I search for on YouTube, you know, is one of those uh, apps that I trust to collect my data. So because I was, uh, I'm a voiceover user and I punched in something about AirTag, it came up. I can try to dig for it and send it, send it to you, Matt, and maybe people can, you can put it on your website. But I did see a demonstration of voiceover feedback with the AirTag telling them where it was located. That's awesome. Yeah, that that is really cool. So I think for both sighted and non-sighted users, that's a huge advantage to the AirTag as an item tracker. The second big advantage is that it has access to the Find My network. And this network is comprised of billions of iPhone users around the world. So if you misplace your, you know, whatever it is that has the AirTag on it or in it, then there could be a possibility that someone else locates it. And if they do, they can go to a website and they can inform you without ever giving personal information to you. It's a, a really, really cool added feature. And we're talking about, again, billions of iPhone users around the globe. Uh, these devices are um, water, water resistant up to, up to like, uh, I think, three feet for 30, 30, 30 minutes or something like that. Uh, they're, um, they have... Uh, a user replaceable battery, which is supposed to last approximately one year. And it is a uh, CR2032, one of those coin cell batteries that you see in watches and things of that nature. Um, there is not a, there is not any kind of hook on the AirTag uh, right out of the box. And Apple doesn't recommend adhesive tape 
uh, because they say then, you know, you're going to hinder yourself from being able to replace that battery. So you don't want to use a command strip or something. But instead, what you want to do is look for the various accessories or just slip it in a purse or something uh, if you, you know, if you want to go that route. But if you want to hook it onto something, um, there are accessories right now already that are as inexpensive as $12 or 12 and some change. And then they range all the way up to the high-end luxury Hermes accessories that are, I think, somewhere around $700. Well, some of them are anyhow. So you've got a very wide range of uh, you know price of accessories. And I think that if you're patient, you'll see even more uh, companies releasing AirTag accessories in the coming weeks and months. So these are the AirTags. They're available now for $29 a piece, or you can get a four-pack for $99, which essentially is, as Cliff said, giving you one free, really. So uh, that's a good deal um, for these products. Now, that was the one one of the things that was announced at the event. Uh, the next thing that Apple announced, of course, was, or, or I don't remember the order now, but we'll just get this one out of the way because uh, it's not really a new product. It's just a new color. The iPhone 12 and 12 mini are now also available in purple, a nice spring color, they say, and you can order that. And then they have uh, the big products, as I would call them, the three big ones that are receiving major updates. Uh, the first one being the Apple TV 4K, which has been enhanced in several ways. Uh, the most notable way is that it has been upgraded to the A12 Bionic processor. Now, I know there are probably some people who look at this, you know, and they say, well, it's not really uh, that big of an update. I actually think it's a huge update because they're going from a dual core processor to a six core processor now. Um, the the A12 Bionic is about a has been measured clocked at around maybe two point four gigahertz and some change. And again, it's it's over six cores, uh, so it's a very very high end processor. It's a desktop class processor, and it's the processor that's used in the iPad Pro twenty twenty even. Uh, so it's a very good processor. It's going to enable higher frame rate video, uh, smoother video. It's going to enable, you know, uh, a lot of other, there's a lot of upgrades. Every one of the, you know, internals, I think no. uh, it's safe no. to say has received some major no. um, updates, uh, better HDMI, no. better Wi-Fi with the new Wi-Fi 6 standard, um, upgraded Bluetooth, you know, just across the board, these things have been uh, updated. And so, you know, whether it whether it's noticeable when you first set up the Apple TV, you know, is open to question, but I think it's going to enable um, significant uh, new features and functionality in the future. And uh, so that's one of the major uh, updates to the Apple TV. Now, along with this was discussed the color balance um, feature that uses your iPhone to uh, to balance the uh, the color of your television. And that is actually available even on the existing Apple TVs, um, the uh, 4K at least. And uh, you just need to have 14.5 installed on everything for that to work. And then, of course, the other major feature here with the Apple TV is the new Siri remote. Now, I was, you know, as Cliff and I say in our podcast there, uh, you know, we were both very happy already with the remote. We didn't have any complaints about it, but it really was nice to see. It, it does appear that Apple is listening 
to customer feedback because I know some people thought, well, maybe the remote's a little small, maybe the gestures, I don't like having to, you know, whatever. So this new remote kind of takes care of all that. Uh, it's one solid piece of aluminum. Uh, it has a trackpad for your gestures, but it also, the trackpad is in the form of a D-pad, as they're known, which means you can actually push the buttons, a left and a right arrow or an up and a down, instead of having to drag your finger if you'd rather do that. And then we also can uh, spin our finger in a circle on the, on the D-pad, kind of turn it around in a circle to activate what's called a jog control that allows you to skip ahead or go to any position in a movie or show that you might be watching. Not sure how that's going to be implemented yet, but I, you know, uh, it, it looks impressive. And they're also adding a couple of buttons to the, um, well, they're relocating, first of all, the Siri button to the side of the remote. And then they're adding um, a power button and a mute button. For those folks that have newer TVs that have what's called the CEC standard, um, they, they really don't need that power button and they really weren't asking for it because you press the menu button and it will turn on your TV and it will switch to the correct input and so on. But for folks who did not have or don't have the CEC feature, that power button is, is actually very important and will make a big difference for older TVs. Um, and the mute button, of course, is something I kind of got away from the mute button as soon as we got a pause option on TVs and shows, you know, back in when we first got DVR even. Uh, so I haven't used mute for years. I remember it from when I was a kid, you know, uh, but it's nice to see that they've added it for those folks who do want to use it for whatever reason. So, you know, a nice solid update to the Apple TV and just continuing in their trend. Did of you order? I just ordered one so far, but I've got a couple of the 4k ones that I'm going to move around now. So I'll have all, Apple TV 4Ks, I think, in every uh, in every room, you know, it's just not all the most recent generation. But um, yes, so that's uh, that's where Apple TV is at today. A big update, and then uh, we got two other products. We got iPad Pro, and we got um, iMac. So um, I would love for um, for us to talk about both of those before we take questions. Um, uh, let's see. Um, the iMac was uh, the next, you know, sort of rumored update to this two-year transition, as Apple is calling it, from Intel processors to the Apple-designed silicon, which right now is the version M1, as it's being called. The M1 chip is measured at about 3.1 gigahertz uh, clock speed. It is an eight-core processor with either seven or eight cores of GPU of graphics, uh, depending on which iMac you order. Um, it has the 16-core neural engine, which enables a lot of artificial intelligence stuff that you are maybe already using without realizing it. Um, and the one of the really cool things about it, of course, is it's a system on a chip, as they're calling it. What that means is it's all in one chip, so it's much, much smaller, much more compact, and it really has enabled them to completely redesign this iMac to make it thinner, to make it lighter, to make it smaller in its footprint, and yet still give us a gorgeous 24-inch display. It's a 4.5K Retina display, and uh, the iMac comes in seven different colors. Now, the base model iMac, which is $1,099, uh, $1,099, 
is only available in what is it three or I'm four? I'm gonna have to go colors. back and correct you because uh, it's actually twelve ninety nine. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You are right. You are right, Cliff. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the twelve point nine inch iPad base model. Nope, you're oh, absolutely. The only right. reason I know is because when I went on the website this morning, that's what it showed me. I said, "Where's he getting ten ninety nine from?" Well, I'm <laughs> glad you did correct me because I don't want to <laughs> give the wrong information. And now so I remember. You I started right. to call you at seven o'clock this morning. Like, well, since you said it was ten ninety nine, you got to pay the difference. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So no, he's right. It's uh, it's twelve ninety nine is the base model, and that model is only available in I think what three or four colors, not all seven. Um, but as you get up into the higher models, they add more memory. Uh, no, they don't. They still keep it at eight gigabytes, but they add more uh, storage space. They go, you know, up to five twelve. Uh, they add the extra core of graphics. I think you can. Can you customize? Because I didn't look, Cliff. Can you? Can you make it 16 gigs of memory if you want? Yes, you can. And yep. that's an extra all, $200 also, right? On on all the models, you can make it 200, or, or 200, um, 16, <laughs> uh, 16 gigs around. Okay, okay. And the other thing about the upper models, they've got some other extra features. They've got um, USB 3.1, I think, ports in addition to the Thunderbolt and USB 4 ports that they have on the IMAX. So if you need to hook some other devices up, you can do that. And the base and model, I didn't ask because I I got the higher end model. But on the base model, you don't get the keyboard with Touch ID. I think you no. can upgrade with an additional 50 bucks, I think it is. But yeah, I think I saw I'm not that absolutely too. sure. I think you're right. The base model does not have that. But the upper models now, they've brought Touch ID to the iMac through the Magic Keyboard, which I think is really, really cool. And uh, the upper models also have Ethernet in case you still need to hardwire uh, to to the Internet. You get the Ethernet port in a very creative way. Uh, so the iMac has a magnetic chart, not charging, but, you know, power cord, uh, a braided cable that magnetically attaches to the iMac and connects to a power brick that you can just sit on the floor under your desk or whatever. In that power brick, they've put the Ethernet uh, port. And that, you know, trans transmits through the cable up to the uh, to the iMac. So it's a really clever way of saving some space. Uh, you know, they, they've really thinned this out. They've really just made it, um, you know, I mean, these these, of course, the M1 chip is amazing. The other thing, and we didn't talk about this on the podcast last night. I, I kind of forgot. Uh, the other thing about it, too, is it's it's going to now have a six speaker design, they say. And of course, the uh, three studio quality microphone array so they're saying it's the I best thought it was six mic or four microphones actually is it four I could be wrong is it four? i know it's i know it's five on the ipad but i don't uh, now I'm, you got me questioning on the mac but they do say it's the best audio system that they've ever had on a mac you know speakers and mic and your accessories of course they are color matched so if you get an orange iMac you're going to get an orange keyboard again the base model is just the Magic Keyboard, although it's been enhanced with some reallocated keys like Do Not Disturb, Emoji, Dictation, and a lock key. Uh, but then if you go up to the next model, you get the Touch ID keyboard uh, already included. And um, the there is also a numeric keypad Magic Keyboard with Touch ID as well. So that's one of the accessories. Of course, you get the mouse and the uh, option of adding a trackpad or or substituting a trackpad if you want. I think there's a little bit of a cost uh, differential. There may be $50 to get a, a trackpad instead of a Magic Mouse, but 
uh, you know, those kinds of things are pretty standard uh, in the Mac world uh, that, you know, have already been uh, been around in previous models. So just upgraded slightly, uh, you know, again, a little bit redesigned to, uh, to benefit the, the new shape and the new colors. So that is the consensus. So if I got a green iMac, I'm going to get a green keyboard. Yes, yes, that is correct. And I don't remember now. I'm trying to think what the seven colors are. They call my kids insist that it's actually red. Apple calls it pink. So they have pink or red. They have orange. They have silver, purple, yellow, blue, blue. That's right. And what's the seventh one? Is it green? Did you say silver and black already? Oh, I didn't say black. Yeah, but they'll come in black. Okay. All right. So that's what it is. Okay. Okay. So there you go. So there's lots to lots to look at in those new IMAX. Care to venture a guess of what configuration I went with? Um, let's see. 16 gigs of RAM, a terabyte of storage. You got it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's all solid state too. You know those those. Um, and I drive. went with the. I also went with the eight core. So basically, the top of the line. Right. I didn't right. go two terabytes, but I figured if I was getting the 512, 12.9 iPad Pro, I might as well. My tradition has been to go half of what my Mac is. So that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. So that's the iMac, and then of course the iPad Pro, and this. You know, I've, I've just got to say this unit is, it just looks absolutely amazing. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I'm going to have to wait until the estimated arrival date for me is between June 28th and July 8th. Um, because I also got mine engraved because I don't normally do that with iPads because I, I don't keep them that long. But I thought, you know what, I'm going all out this time. This is going to really be the best iPad probably that I've ever owned. And I love the one I have now. And everyone that I've ever had, you know, we've talked many times about how even did you do trade in, or are you gonna just keep it for Jessica? Because I know she has an older. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep it for now, and we'll kind of see what happens. Yeah. So there is. uh, Mine's. uh, I didn't get mine in gray, but mine's due to arrive between the second and the ninth of June. Okay, so you're you're not that far out. I'm not that far out from where you are. Then just a few weeks, possibly. Which, of course, you never know. Apple sometimes under promises with their delivery dates. Anyway. this this iPad is available still in two sizes, 11-inch uh, and 12.9-inch display. The 12.9-inch display is where it really shines here. Um, it is a, it's what they're calling a liquid retina XTR display. Not to um, cut you off, but I don't think anybody wants the 11-inch because I'm looking on the website now. You can still get it on the 21st of May. <laughs> no, everybody wants that 12.9 because it's mini LED technology. It's a 6K display it is as good as apple's pro display xtr just smaller of course so this is an amazing display for those folks who can see or who have sighted family or friends or co-workers that they you know frequently would want to take a look at this thing i mean that's going to be the best display you own uh you and know was you right get there that. are four microphones on the on the imac so four, four microphones four and the, six speakers on the imac okay and on the ipad pro it's four speakers and five microphones which they're calling studio quality. Uh, the iPad Pro does have the M1 processor. So the very same processor with its eight core graphics. They did put eight core graphics in there and eight gigabytes of RAM on several models, 16 gigabytes of RAM uh, on the top two storage configurations. So just for comparison purposes, just so you understand where we're at here, the iPad Pro 2020 
along with the iPad 8th generation, 10.2 inch, have the A12 Bionic. That is a that is a, approximately the the you know the pundits are saying about a two point. Do you have any tempting? Were you tempted at all to go up to the terabyte to get the sixteen gigs of RAM or not? I was tempted. I was tempted, but the you know the existing iPads only have three or four gigabytes of RAM, depending on what model you have, and so it's still going to be a huge jump. You know, we've never seen an iPad with eight gigabytes of RAM before, so I was I was content to do that. Um, but it, yeah. So you know that just for reference purposes, if you got an iPad eighth generation for now, uh, for example, you got a two point four gigahertz processor, uh, six cores, and quad core graphics, four cores of graphics with an eight core neural engine and three gigabytes of RAM. Now you're jumping up to eight core processor, eight core graphics, sixteen core neural engine, and either eight or sixteen gigabytes of RAM. I mean, it's it's going to be incredible. It you know it should enable more developers if they choose to to bring even more desktop class productivity apps to the iPad. Um, the uh, the unit also has Wi-Fi six. It has the latest Bluetooth. It has five G cellular. If you get a cellular capable model, um, and it also has some camera enhancements. So we have the rear. Before you move on to the camera, I just want to point oh, yeah. out that if you get a cellular model, that most carriers are basically giving that back to you by activating it on their network. They are. Um, and AT&T is giving you $150 over two years of bill credits. Sprint slash T-Mobile is giving you a $200 um, virtual uh, credit card that you can use anywhere else. And I think Verizon is doing the same thing. Yeah, it's a $200 virtual gift card or something. And and I will say that that is, from what I saw on the Apple website, because I did go to the website to do the education store, um, it does look like that deal, although it's for a limited time only, applies to all the iPads right now. It said buy any iPad with cellular and and activate it on a, you know, on a qualifying plan. So it's... Um, it's not just the iPad Pro from what I'm seeing, uh, but of course, that's the one we're talking about because it is the one that was just announced. Um, so you do get 5G on that model, which is a nice added bonus. Uh, and then um, the, the cameras. The cameras are, uh, let's see, the rear cameras are the, um, the wide angle and the telephoto, 12 megapixel wide angle, 10 megapixel uh, telephoto with the LiDAR scanner. If you've got an iPhone uh, 12 Pro or 12 Pro Max or a 2020 iPad, you might already be familiar with this thing. Um, it's still in its infancy in a lot of ways. So you're not seeing a ton of use cases, but more and more you are. So the, the ability to measure people's height uh, has now been brought to the Apple Measure app. There's some new features in Apple Clips that take advantage of it. There's some really cool things with the LiDAR. And then the front-facing camera is where they've really improved some things. Uh, they now have a 1080p wide-angle um, true-depth camera system in the front with uh, a new feature called Center Stage that allows you, when you're video conferencing, to automatically sort of stay in focus. And it works for more than one person at a time, even. So I don't understand exactly the the whole process, to be honest with you. But the result of it is that um, even if you're moving around, uh, you'll have an easier time uh, staying in in focus in the camera. Of course, there's a ton of accessories uh, for I this. I was just iPad. about to ask you: Did you go with the Apple Magic Keyboard for 199? Or I uh, know that's right. You said you're going with the uh, the the Magic one this time. I I did go with the Magic one, 
And it does, I did verify after you and I were not sure last night, um, I did confirm that it does not need to be charged or paired. So it must use the smart technology somehow. Yeah, it's got to. And then yeah. the, they also have one that's not got a trackpad. It's just called the Smart Magic. It, they on the website they called it fifth generation. I that's rolled right. the dice and didn't order it because I'm a, I'm hoping our boys over at Logitech is going to release one in, too. So, right, and I would think they will. I mean, you know, they always do. So, uh, and there, yeah. So there's smart keyboards. There's folios. There's Apple Pencil. There's adapters. You know, the this. Oh yeah, that's the other thing about this. That that iPad because it has M1 and all these other upgrades, now the port is actually a Thunderbolt port. So it still uses USB-C, but it also supports uh, Thunderbolt, which means really, really fast. So now you know what you got to do, Matt. What's that? You got to go on Hyper and get get the hub so you can connect a a monitor and all this other extra HDMI good stuff so you can have like three monitors in one. (laughs) (laughs) They already have it on sale. Six and one. Do they really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, my. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, this is a workhorse. This is a pro model, but yet it's still going to do all the other fun things that an iPad does, too, you know? And you're going to be able to take it with you. If you get the cellular model, you have that always active. From the blindest perspective, if I wasn't a Mac teacher and, you know, didn't do a lot of audio editing with, you know, Mac-only apps, this would be my only device. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is truly incredible. I mean, I, I can't believe, honestly, you know, but but I mean, I guess it's the logical progression and it really is. I mean, it just looks incredible. And folks, it starts at $799 for the 11-inch or is it is it 9 or or 1099? Is that where I got the 1099 from? Um for the 12.9 inch base model um i think it's 999 because it adds 200 for the cellular data instead of the the traditional 120 and i wanted to point out to make sure that people know that uh, everything that you just described um uh, or or the the screen that you described only applies to the 12.9 the 11 inch is not getting that feature they're getting the thunderbolt and all that other stuff the accessories and all that but with the what you call it the Five the 4K XDR screen that only applies to the 12.9 model. Yes, that's right. That is limited to the to the uh, 12.9 inch. Yes. All right. And was there anything else, Cliff, that we missed before we go back to question time? I think we covered everything. Um, no Apple Watch. I'm did. assuming we'll see that in the September. With I'm the, assuming with the we'll see that in the fall. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So then, why don't we uh, go ahead and see what questions there are now? Maybe you have, uh, you know, some things you're thinking about ordering and you're on the fence or uh, other clarifications or, you know, if there's still more um, 14.5 questions, too, we'll take those. And and that's how I justified that $3,000 purchase today, all for teaching. Well, hey, that's a that that is a big part of it. Did you do the education? Um, yes, yeah, purchase? I did. Only on the Mac, though. I couldn't get it on the the iPad because the site was messing with me, and I I didn't care anyway because I got a trade in for my iPad. Oh, okay, work, so. okay, okay. I think we got somebody unmuted already, right? Uh, yeah, we do. Okay. We've got several okay. hands raised here. Uh, Wes, you're up. Okay, uh, I just you know noticed that too on that new iMac they're going to put the Ethernet port down in the power brick itself, which of course is what you sit on the floor. <clears throat> I'm trying to think how this going to make things neater, more room because I figure you're going to need a, lo- a lot longer 
<coughs> cable to go from like your modem or your router to go all the way down to the floor. You know, I have another wire going down there. Well, that depends on the person because I don't keep my router on my desk. My router is actually, for lack of a better term, actually is already on the floor. I mean, it's technically on a bottom shelf of my desk, but it's already towards where the outlets are. So that's all about personal preference. Okay, because we've needed to have a lot shorter cords going from the router to the back of the pewter, you know? <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, but... Yeah, it seems like it's crazy. That's a lot, lot longer wire run because now all that these have to make the round trip, like from the router to the floor and then back up to the pewter, you know? <laughs> That's one thing I noticed. Be nice if there's an option if you can have a port on the back of the computer higher up, you know? Yeah, I think they did that. And I'm glad you brought that up because there's one thing we did forget to point out, Matt, and I don't even know if you knew this. There's two configurations you can get with any model. You can either get it on the wall or you can get the desktop model. And whichever one you pick, you're stuck with it. So if you got the wall mount with the, which is an additional $200, so I didn't feel it was necessary. Um, you you would have to mount it for life. And if you got the desk, the model that sits on your desk, you would never be able to take it off that mount, the, the, the mount of the desk and put it up on the wall. So whatever you got, you're stuck with. That is very interesting. I, I forgot about that. I we, You know, we broached that subject last night, uh, but I forgot about that. All right. Uh, other questions. OK, Viola, you're next. Hello. I know you guys. I'm in your class and I did what I said I was going to do yesterday. Oh, yeah. Miss 12.9. You're, <laughs> you're the one who made me get it. I couldn't have a student have it and I couldn't teach it. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> I had to get it. I got the 2TB and I got the 12.9 screen and everything. And I do have sighted parents and sisters. Did so. you get a did you get the magic keyboard or did you not get a I keyboard did. with it? No. I oh, did. So, I got. So the you magic. like the trackpad then? No, I don't. But I'm gonna try it and see if I. Oh, okay. I mean, you can always send it back don't. if you don't like it because they do have a magic model that they call it, and that one was only one ninety nine. That's the one that I was leaning that, towards. But I like Logitech so much that I decided to wait to see what they were gonna release. Yeah, well, they yeah, didn't you know, kind offer of that the, to me. So. The, well, the, yeah. It, the thing is that with the um, with the magic keyboard, I don't plan to use the trackpad very much, if at all. I'm not. Can you turn sure it off, if, Matt? I don't know if you can do that, but, you know, you can just kind of ignore it. I think it. you can. There, I think there's a setting in general, in, under general, under keyboards. And I think there's a thing in if you have a magic keyboard, because my wife had has the air, whatever number it is. What is it? Five iPad Air five. And when she had that keyboard, I used to see a trackpad um, setting under general. Last question is um, this is a fifth generation now is that what we're in now for the pro model yes. Yes. for the pro yes yeah. yes that's correct okay thank you you're welcome yep thank you so yep if anybody asks i'm blaming her <laughs> <laughs> two terabytes wow <laughs> yeah hey abraham you're up next hey guys how's it going how's it going hi how you doing good um i don't really have any questions about the hardware but i did have one question about uh, something to do with uh, Wi-Fi that you guys mentioned. Yeah, I know. You told me that you had one last... Pa he asked last Saturday, but we were strictly pages, so go ahead. Uh, so, I know like, the other day I was at somebody's house, and I didn't have the Wi-Fi password. I think you guys mentioned something about them being able to send me some kind of code or something to get into the Wi-Fi without a password. Uh, 
what what it is is that a another Apple user who's connected to the network you want to yeah. join yeah. can share that Wi-Fi password with you. Now the the caveat is you have they to have be to be in their contacts. In their contacts, that's right. Um, it will not work if you're not in their contacts. But if you are, then yeah, whenever you go to connect, it'll prompt them. If they're nearby, it'll say, you know, that uh, that you're trying to join that network and they can just share the password with you and it instantly autofills for you. Okay, so I tried that and I guess the only thing that was confusing me is they'll have to have um family sharing on for that to work. It has nothing to do with family sharing. You no. have to be in their okay. contacts, Bluetooth and Wi Fi have to be on, on both devices. Correct. Okay, because I, Correct. I spoke to I spoke to Apple and they said I had to have that on. No, family sharing has nothing to do with sharing the password no. in the network. No. Okay. No. Okay. So if somebody has it on the iPad, would they just go to Wi-Fi and then it will connect to me? Could yes, they would do the same thing. You have to yeah. try to connect it. If you're in their contacts, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi are both turned on. It should yeah. give them a prompt to share their password with you right. know, your iPad or whatever device. The the person doing the sharing doesn't even yeah. have to go to Wi-Fi. I mean, they can just be on their home screen. It's yeah. the person connecting has to choose the network, and then it'll prompt the other person to share. Okay, because also the other thing they mentioned is that it has to do with um, each person have to have like the iCloud email contact or something like that inside, like to connect them, or is it just a normal contact like a text message kind of thing? Yeah, you well, you just need to. They need to. You need to be in their contacts. That's yeah, yeah. What what's confusing me is um, somebody told me with the contact they can't just send me like a regular uh, contact. It has to be like an iCloud contact. No, like no, it's a yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's got to be iCloud. Well, it doesn't even have to be iCloud. It's b- oh. bottom line in their contacts, whether it's Gmail in their contacts app, AOL, whatever. They just have to be in your contacts. And what happened, like Matt said, they'll be on their home screen in on Safari doing that. And when you attempt to join their network and you ask them for the password, what should happen is when you tap on their network, it should send them a push notification on their home screen or wherever they yep. are wherever and tell them are. that somebody's attempting your name is attempting to join their network would you like to say your password they hit yes it fills it in for you you hit join that's as simple as it gets yeah the the whole process takes two or three seconds that's it so the the person sharing the wi-fi with me they don't have to have an iCloud contact i guess i'm asking they have to have an iDevice. That's the that it can't be right. an Android if that's what you're asking. I, I don't. No, think no, I'm not asking. I'm I'm asking like it doesn't have to be an iCloud contact that they're using. No, it just be in their contact. Yeah, I don't period. think that matters, no. right? No, I, I it don't doesn't. think so. No. Nope. Okay, because I, Apple made that clear, like when I was talking to the person at Apple Accessibility. What I can't, would be? A- I, I, that is interesting, Matt. I've never thought about it that way because all my stuff is an iCloud. Well, so maybe right. That's true. what I was just going to say. I, now I'm questioning it. Maybe it does because we always use iCloud anyway. What I would suggest you do, Ibrahim, is this. Yeah. I would suggest you go to your Safari <laughs> web browser and uh-huh. do a Google search for the phrase Apple support share Wi-Fi password. And I okay. guarantee you there's got to be an Apple support article about it and they yeah. will have everything outlined because the Apple support, um, I'm sorry, the Apple accessibility engineers, you know, they are excellent. They're really good people, but sometimes they miss it too, you know, and they may okay. be right, but it would be worth checking with the article that was actually written by the Apple engineers who know what they're, you know, and, and that's okay. going to give you every precise answer you need there. Okay, my last quick question is, I noticed uh, when I'm listening to your podcast, Matt, uh, in my podcast, play, it hasn't like, updated in the last year. Are you guys still doing podcasts? Oh, yeah. Now, I haven't done one in a while, but it's definitely been more recent than that. 
Okay, um, it's, it's uh, the last one I have. It says last year. I guess it's not updating for me. But you might want to refresh your podcast catcher or whatever you're using because I know he's done one <laughs> at least since February. All right, maybe I'll try the Apple Podcast. I've been using Overcast. Thanks, guys. He, he doesn't do it as often as I do, but he does update them. I mean, it hasn't been a year. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> right. No, no, definitely not because we did a holiday gift guide in, uh, right. around Christmas hey, time anyway. Yes. Hey. Thank How's you. it going? <laughs> Thank you, guys. Oh, it's going great. Um, Good. My question is about the air tags, because that is the thing they came out with that's most interesting to me. Um, if you get a if you get a four pack, are they all do they all have to be somehow tied to one phone or like, could I use two of them and my husband could use two of them? Oh, yeah, phone? absolutely. Yes, they do not have to be tied to the same Apple ID or anything like that. You can, you know, you can give them out as gifts. In, in our case, you know, I bought one for each of us uh, in the family and we will each set them up on our own Apple IDs. Although my daughter is disappointed that she only has an iPhone 10R, So she lacks the precision tracking. So she either wants, she's trying to get me to get her an iPhone 12 because AT&T is kind of giving them away for free if you trade in. Uh, but if we don't do that, she says she wants to pair hers with my phone so she can have the precision tracking. But, you know, that will we'll work that out. But either way, yes, no, they can be however you want to divvy them up. And one oh, that's Apple, right, because she has that XR that's not tied to your uh, Xfinity, right? Right, right. So I can put her anywhere I want to put her. I, I may move her to AT&T. I'm trying to keep both the kids happy. I said, well, Carson, if you want to do this, you're going to have to pay me because his phone is still being paid off. So we're gonna see. We're gonna, so we're gonna we're gonna work it out and avoid. I, the, I tell my kids that all the time. I, I, I keep a tally, so when they turn eighteen, they can pay me back. Yep. <laughs> it's not always Christmas, I guess. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. we you know we try. We, we like to do what we can, but yeah, we'll you know we'll see. They'll, they'll both. I would like to ultimately move them to AT and T anyway, but that's a whole other story. But yes, to answer your question, yeah, you can do it however you want. Okay. Thank you. Sure. All right, Matt, one of the... Oh, I'm I'm sorry, sorry, go ahead, Cliff. No, I was just going to tell Matt, I uh, have a teenager who has a track meet, so I got to run, so I'll catch up with you a little later. All right, sounds good. Take care. All right, have a good one. You too. Okay, next we have someone the area code 201. Hi, this is Lisa. Um, I have a basic question. Um, I'm looking at... I need an iMac desperately, and I've been waiting for the new one to come out. So I want to get a terabyte at least. And um, the mid-range, there's three models apparently, and the mid-range and the higher range, if I worked out to get a one terabyte on each one, it comes out to $1,899 without getting, you know, and, and uh, what's, so what, what would be the difference between if I went mid-range to one terabyte or the higher range? And what if I went to two terabytes? Is that like, I have a lot of photos, so I was thinking maybe even going. Well, let, let me... So there's one model, and I, as I said, I, I had it wrong. It was what Cliff said. It starts with twelve ninety nine. I think the one that has one terabyte is uh, is is it is it eighteen ninety nine? Is that what you yeah, said? I'm sorry, yeah, I haven't I have, left yet. The one for with two terabyte or with a terabyte only from two fifty six, which is the base model twelve ninety nine, will go up four hundred. So whatever, right? Um, that would bring it up to about. I guess what uh, sixteen ninety nine. I guess before tax. Well, I'm doing it with magic. Oh, just a magic mouse because I have it in my my cart to do. But I and just to point out to you, my wife takes an awful lot of pictures, and then I got to run because they're going to the car. But I have over fifty thousand photos, and it doesn't even take up. 
20 gigabytes on my system. So, I mean, if you're worried about photos, that's not an issue with about for a lot of photos. I mean, unless well, you're getting into the million range, but I mean. Right. And I, I'll, yeah. I'll explain. I know you need to go, but I'll, I'll explain to her. Thank but, you. you know, part of that is um, if you are using iCloud as much as you possibly can, and that may require you buying extra iCloud storage, but see, I, I mean, it's first. Yeah, I, I terabyte. You already have it. So see, there's the there's where you have a big a big plus because then that not only is that available on all your devices, but it's also gonna optimize the storage. So if your Mac starts running low, it will delete local copies of the stuff, but it'll still leave them in iCloud, you know. So I think you'd be fine. I mean, ultimately it's personal preference, but I think you'd be fine with one terabyte. And I think that ought to do for you what what you need it to do. So what's the difference between like the mid range and the higher range? Because when you put out the when you put in one terabyte for each one in the cart, it comes up as the same amount of money. So is the mid range is the the upper range any different? They seem to both have they have things that are very similar: a core, um, the two Thunderbolts with the two USB three ports. There so was one. Difference? So there was one that had seven core graphics and one that had eight core. And again, the, the lower one didn't have the extra USB ports and so forth. But I, I was thinking the difference once you got, see, I think I thought it was 1299 was the seven core with the 256. Yeah. And then I thought yeah. that 1499 was the eight core but still the 256 and everything. So the only thing that was changed is it went up to the eight cores. It added the touch ID keyboard. It added the ethernet port and it added the, um, what do you call that? Uh, uh, the, the extra USB ports. So between the 1299 and the 1499, the memory and the storage stayed the same. It, it's those other things that increased. So then 1699. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, just the 1699 takes you up to 512. And the eighteen ninety nine takes you up to a terabyte. Well, because when I do the mid range, the fourteen ninety nine and the sixteen ninety nine one, and I both do them with one terabyte, they come out to be the same amount of money. So I didn't know if there's any difference in the the fourteen ninety nine one and the sixteen ninety nine one in terms of you know their their core basics. I can't find anything. Yeah, different. I think those are the same. Yes. Yeah, I think it's okay. just you're choosing okay. one that has five twelve and manually upgrading it versus picking the one that already has it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Gotcha. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you. Okay. We have a couple more raised hands. Uh, Beth, you could go ahead. Beth, you're muted. Let's see. There you go. Hey, guys. Um, I was just wondering if you could explain the magic keyboard. What is it like? What are the keys like? Are they really low profile or are they the height of a desktop, you know, the desktop keys? And what's the difference between that keyboard and a smart keyboard. Thank you very much. Um, one second. My phone is doing something. Hold on here. There we go. All right. Can you hear me okay? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Now, are we talking about for the iPad then, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so, the, the first of all, the Magic Keyboard is only for the iPad Pro and iPad Air, okay? It is not, it is not uh, compatible with the 10.2-inch iPad or anything like that. Um, the, uh, the magic keyboard is going to also have a trackpad in front of it and is going to have, uh, a, a pretty, a pretty protective case. It's got backlit keys and it is actually really going to give you the closest to a laptop feel 
of anything that you, you know, would find. Now, the smart keyboard, which on the Pro and Air models is also a folio, so it's still providing back protection. Uh, but it's a, you know, it's a, uh, it's a smaller keyboard. It does not have the trackpad. It does not have backlit keys. Um, as far as the profile of it, you know, that's very hard for me to comment on because I, I've never really had, honestly, I've, I've never, it's funny what, 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 uh, you know, what makes people, I don't know. I, I've never really had a situation in which I have thought to myself, boy, I don't like typing on this keyboard. Uh, you know, I can honestly say I've never felt that way. Um, I do enjoy the feel of the smart keyboard. Okay. Um, and it is different than the other ones, but I, you know, uh, it's hard for me to comment on what anybody else would like or dislike. Um, my suggestion to you, if you are comfortable doing it at this point is, you know, to get your hands on one and try it and see what you uh -huh. think of it. Um, you know, alternatively order one and you can always return it if you're not happy with it. Um, the, the, the magic keyboard does use the traditional scissor, um, switches, you know, um, uh, so it ought to feel relatively familiar, um, okay. in, in what it, in how it types. Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Okay. We have one more raised hand, uh, area code three, one zero. You can go ahead. Yes. Hello. Um, I want to know about the, I have two Bluetooth keyboards for iPads. They won't be able to be used on the newest iPad and the new iPad with the, with the cellular phone connection would not, you know, you're not having to have a regular iPhone because you can use that as an iPhone iPad combination. Okay. So the, the, the first question, the Bluetooth keyboards ought to work just fine. Um, Though I don't personally, you know, prefer that. I, I like to have a keyboard that's sort of semi-built in by being a, a case also, but that's personal preference. The, the Bluetooth keyboards ought to work just fine without any issues. Um, as far as the cellular, um, the cellular connection on an iPad is really designed to be a data connection to allow you to be able to access, you know, all things internet-based, everything that's online, even when you're not home or not on Wi-Fi. It's not really designed to, uh, it doesn't come with calling minutes or uh, anything like that. Now, it will use your iPhone cellular connection to make and receive phone calls if you do have an iPhone. So you can get calls on your iPad, you can get texts and send them, and you can use, you know, uh, you can use, um, Apps that would use data, like for example, FaceTime, you can make FaceTime calls and and you know uh, those kind of things. But it, it's not really meant to be a, a, a replacement instead of the uh, iPhone. Oh, okay. So when I get when I get the new iPad, um, I don't have to pay for separate data because I don't pay for data for my iPhone right now. Um. Well. The, uh, who is your, uh, sorry, one second. Okay. Who is your iPhone carrier right now? I'm using consumer cellular. Okay. So you're paying for data. I mean, data is included in, in those plans. Um, otherwise oh. you wouldn't be able to do anything on your iPhone except phone calls. 
you know, when you weren't home, phone calls and text messages. Uh, and if you get an iPad with cellular, you have the choice. You don't have to get a cellular plan on it. Uh, you can get a cellular capable iPad and just not activate it on a data plan. Um, if you choose to, the, uh, the iPad has two different ways of, of connecting to data plans. Um, there are uh, several companies, AT&T being uh, the best one as far as uh, the amount of bang for your buck, uh, that, that offer prepaid data passes that you can purchase. Uh, they can auto-renew or you can just use them for a period of time. Like if you know you're going to be traveling, you can get it for a month and then you can just turn it off. Um, and, uh, they, you know, AT&T will give you, for example, 25 gigabytes of, of data for $34.99 or something like that. So that's one way of getting um, data on your iPad. The other way is if your consumer cellular plan offers, you know, a tablet plan add-on, then you'd be able to add your iPad to that plan. And I'm not sure with consumer cellular what the different options are there as far as how many gigabytes you get for what prices, but I'm fairly certain they do offer a, a tablet plan as well. Oh, okay. Because when I, when I switched from Verizon to consumer cellular, they never gave me a breakdown about a data plan, but I understand what you say. And they do go through AT&T. Okay. That makes sense then. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay, Matt, we don't have any more raised hands. We've got about five minutes to go. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think that's given you all a uh, kind of an overview of things and kind of, uh, it, you know, hopefully has helped you to maybe make some decisions going forward if you're looking at buying things and uh, which products to get. Remember that if you have further questions, uh, you can always send us iMessages or email to the tech juggernaut at iCloud.com or to stir it up, spelled with a U, S-T-U-R-I-T-U-P, at iCloud.com. We do offer our free virtual help sessions every Tuesday and Thursday afternoon. Uh, so if you're interested in getting support, questions answered, feel free to join us. They are at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 Central, every Tuesday and Thursday. And we do have a few uh, Saturday ones periodically as well. You can find out all about those by subscribing to our blog, uh, ttjtech.net. That's Tango, Tango, Juliet, followed by the word tech, T-E-C-H dot N-E-T, as well as Cliff's website, stiritup.com. And on both of those, we would encourage you to subscribe to our blogs, and that way you'll never miss anything. You'll get email notifications when we release new, uh, new packages, new promotions, or other tips and tricks, and certainly the announcements and join links for our, our help sessions. Um, all right. I think that's it. That's, uh, that's going to do it. So we want to say a big thank you, um, to Belinda, to Jason, to everybody, uh, for participating today and, uh, God bless you. Have a great week and we will look forward to being back with you next week.